Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Super glad that you are here spending your time with me today because we are going to geek out a little bit. We are going to talk about inflammation because I think most people are thinking about it in a very narrow and limited view and missing an opportunity to really accelerate fat loss and improve health. People don't understand how wide-reaching the effects of inflammation are, especially when it's not something that you know is happening, right? Because inflammation affects your body internally before you begin to experience the symptoms. And oftentimes, we might be experiencing the symptoms, but not know that they are tied to inflammation. And so we don't really get to the root of the problem, which is what I really want to help you do and become aware of today. Inflammation slows fat loss. It increases cravings and hunger. A lot of people don't realize that when we have internal inflammation going on, it will increase hunger, it will increase cravings, it will slow fat loss. Of course, we know that inflammation can cause pain, but it also decreases our energy and creates brain fog or trouble focusing. It is the origin of many, if not most, probably most diseases It impacts the way we sleep. It can trigger headaches, acne. It can impair digestion and lead to things like constipation and bloating. It increases cholesterol. It impairs blood flow. You name it. It is influenced by inflammation. And if you have a goal of increasing energy, improving your health, accelerating fat loss, or really anything in between, inflammation must be improved, right? We've got to reduce the inflammation happening inside our body, even if we're not really sure that we're feeling it, right? We can fortunately influence inflammation dramatically and quickly by simply modifying our diet and lifestyle choices, which is the whole purpose of today's episode. I want to talk about common things that trigger inflammation as well as Really make sure you understand some of the lesser known impacts of inflammation. Too often, we in our minds associate inflammation and injury, right? How your knees get inflamed when you've been on your feet too much. But inflammation is also an internal response to overeating, to eating foods to which you are sensitive, to consuming common irritants to the gut. And this can create hunger, cravings, impaired fat loss, headaches, skin issues, constipation, you name it. When it begins with simple things like hunger and cravings, we just attribute it to something else. But when we ignore inflammation, it becomes a bigger problem and we end up with bigger 
issues as well as impaired fat loss. From a high-level standpoint, you guys know I like to always begin with sort of the common sense approach, the evolutionary standpoint. Think about it this way. Your body's primary function is to stay alive, to not die. And so it will prioritize resources and systems that keep you alive over optional stuff like fat burning. So when your body is responding to inflammation, either because you're injured or you're sick or because you've overeaten or consumed an irritant or an allergen, your body is absolutely positively going to resist fat burning because that's not where it wants its resources to go. For one, it has better uses for the energy like helping you heal. But secondly, when your body perceives a problem, which is the signal sent by inflammation, hey, there's a problem here, it doesn't want to give up those body fat reserves because it might need them. Because having excess body fat says, hey, I'm here in case of an emergency. We've got a fuel reserve. So from a health standpoint, energy, uh, blood flow, mental clarity, pain, inflammation matters. But also from a fat loss standpoint, inflammation is a big factor that we have to pay attention to. For every single one of us, whether you're just beginning your fat loss journey or you're struggling with joint pain or you're at a plateau or you just want to be as healthy as possible or you're dealing with acne, we all need to be focused on reducing inflammation. Now, when we begin to talk about reducing inflammation, like I said, lots of people think about pain. And then when we're thinking about pain, we're thinking about natural anti-inflammatories. Oh, well, if inflammation is bad, then what are some foods or some supplements that will reduce inflammation? If you get anything from this episode today, I want you to hear this. Focusing on anti-inflammatories is not the ideal or most effective way to go about it. I'll tell you what I told a friend of mine just yesterday. We hadn't talked in a while. He was telling me about his mom who's older, probably in her 70s, and he wanted to know my opinion on turmeric, the spice, right, as an anti-inflammatory because she's dealing with a lot of joint pain and chronic inflammation. And here's what I told him. Yeah, turmeric and its active ingredient curcumin can have anti-inflammatory effects, but they're so, so small compared to the things we do that trigger inflammation every day. It's kind of like wanting to know if spraying water from a water bottle will help put out a fire. And it's like, yeah, but the bigger impact is to stop adding fuel to it, right? If you want to put out that fire, don't worry about the water. Stop putting logs and kindling on the fire, And that's the same approach to inflammation. Instead of being like, oh, I should take an omega-3 supplement or I should take a curcumin supplement or I should cook with more turmeric. Instead of looking for the little ways to reduce the inflammation, focus on the big ways that you're creating inflammation and tackle those, right? We've got to stop stoking the fire to have the biggest impact. So let's talk about the things that stoke the fire, the things that create inflammation, It is important to remember that these will be different for everyone. There are some things that are triggers for almost everybody, right? Gluten, for example. Uh, Sugar, for example. But there are other things that are a little bit more nuanced. Some of us have a greater impact or response to them. Some of us have a lesser response to them. Sugar is one of those that is pro-inflammatory. Gluten, pro-inflammatory. Omega-6 fatty acids, pro-inflammatory. Now, the extent to which you react to them 
will be different from me, but when we're looking at ways to stop stoking the fire of inflammation, those are just some gimmies. Things that are much more nuanced and impact some people very much and some people almost not at all are things like nightshade vegetables, eggplants, tomatoes, peppers. They are an irritant for some, but not all. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But just so that we're on the same page, I'm not saying that everything we will discuss today is pro-inflammatory for you, but that we should all work towards reducing pro-inflammatories in our daily diet and in our daily lifestyle instead of just ignoring it or focusing exclusively on anti-inflammatories while we continue to trigger inflammation every time we put a bite of food into our mouth, right? Let's talk first about known toxins. I think we can all probably agree, I hope we can all agree, that consuming toxins is a bad thing, but I want to tie it to inflammation. Consuming toxins in your food or in your water triggers inflammation. Inflammation, remember, is about much more than joint pain. We're talking about your body responding to a trigger, to an irritant, to an injury or an illness, or just a simple dietary uh, trigger, right? And the reason that this is so important is because of the wide-reaching hormonal implications of inflammation. Let's focus on that part for just one second, right? Call it hormonal dysregulation, hormonal imbalances, Inflammation causes an increase in the stress hormone, cortisol. And our hormones are interrelated. So when we increase cortisol, we also impair our insulin sensitivity. We influence ghrelin and leptin, our hunger and satiety hormones, and on and on and on. Our hormones are chemical messengers governing everything that happens in the body. So when we mess with one, We mess with them all. That is why inflammation can influence the menstrual cycle of females and acne. Because when we create this hormonal situation with one hormone, we are absolutely having a ripple effect on the others. Okay, that was a little sidebar. Let's get back to toxins. I want to keep this really simple. Because when we get lost in the weeds, sometimes it can be overwhelming and we're just feeling like, oh, whatever, it's all a trigger, so who cares? I care, and I hope you care, and we can keep it really simple and focus on what I refer to as the big rocks. There are a bazillion toxins, no doubt, right? And we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of cosmetics and skincare and, uh, you know, cleaning products and all of that. We're going to stick to food and water. I strongly recommend, even if you have well water, that you get a quality water filter, Because why drink toxins if you don't have to? And there are tons of affordable ones. There are tons of really low quality ones. So I do think quality matters with a water filter. And the one that I personally like and have worked with for the longest, I will link to over on the show notes at primalpotential.com. I've also done a full episode on water and the difference between some water filters and why it's important. So I'm not going to dive into those details here today, but I will link to that water filter as well as that episode over on the show notes for today's episode on primalpotential.com. So big picture, water. Do not drink those toxins if you don't have to. That is one way to reduce the inflammation that you are triggering every time you take a sip. And remember, this matters too, the water we use to make our coffee, not just talking about the water you sip from a water bottle. From a food standpoint, I'm sorry to break your heart, but actually 
I'm not. I'm not at all sorry. That's a lie. I'm not sorry because I'm here to help you feel better, look better, and be better. So just so we all know, sugar has a toxic effect on your body. It does. This is not an argument for being a purist and saying you can never have sugar, but this idea that we need to have a treat every day, or in so many, many cases, many treats every day, it is destroying our bodies from the inside out. And if we talk about kind of putting out that fire of inflammation, one of the biggest changes we can make to have a positive impact is reducing our sugar consumption. Cookies, cakes, candies, chocolate, ice cream, whatever it is for you, figure out what is an improvement and begin to make it. When you do this, yes, you will reduce inflammation and you will experience the benefits as being less hungry, as having fewer cravings, as clearing up your skin, having more energy, sleeping better, reducing joint pain, having fewer headaches, having fewer mood swings. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Let's talk about this in a slightly different direction. And I'm going down a rabbit hole here. But you know how so many times we get frustrated with bloating in your belly, in your hands, in your face? Guys, oftentimes that thing you think of as bloating is not water retention. It's inflammation. When I eat a bunch of sugar and wake up the next day with puffy hands and a puffy face, yes, some of it is water retention because of the way that carbohydrates hang onto water. But there's also inflammation. That is visible inflammation. So keep that in mind when you are thinking about bloating. Back to sugar. Find a way to dial it back. Change your perspective. Treats are treats, not daily staples, not afternoon and evening fixtures. It matters. Beyond sugar, processed foods are full of toxins. Ingredients that your body doesn't recognize and therefore tags as foreign and then mounts a defense against them. Artificial flavors, artificial colors, preservatives, synthetic ingredients up the wazoo. Your body doesn't know what they are. So when it mounts a defense, that defense is in the form of inflammation. Gluten. Gluten has a toxic effect on almost everybody. The degree varies, but gluten has a toxic effect and initiates inflammation in almost everyone. And some researchers will say in everyone, but to varying degrees. I'm going to play it conservative here because I don't think that everyone versus almost everyone really matters. What matters is find a way to gradually reduce your consumption of gluten. Gluten is in most processed foods, which is great because there are other things in the processed foods, be it sugar or artificial ingredients, preservatives that are also triggers. So it makes sense. Wheat and wheat products, breads, pastas, baked goods, rye and rye products, barley and barley products, condiments and processed foods, a lot of salad dressings. And I don't say this to make you panic. Again, this is not a call to be a purist. It's just a call to be aware of how many times in a day you are introducing pro-inflammatories into your system and then gradually, with that awareness, working to reduce your exposure through consumption. Let's switch gears here and talk about common dietary irritants that I won't call toxins, but I wouldn't say you were wrong if you did. These are common 
types of compounds in foods that often initiate inflammation in most people. The primary categories here, and I'll list this over on the, the show notes page too on primalpotential.com, they're, they're known, you can think of them as irritants, you can think of them as anti-nutrients, you can also think of them as toxins, lectins, phytates, oxalates, and mold toxins. I'm just going to touch on them really briefly here because the point isn't to completely eliminate these, although you wouldn't suffer if you did, but to gradually reduce your exposure. So I want everybody to understand what these are and what they do. Most of these are plant compounds. Mold toxins can be a little bit more versatile, but let's talk about the plant compounds. Lectins are made by plants and they bind to sugar and they irritate your gut, your GI tract, which results in inflammation. It also results in things like bacterial overgrowth. So your microbiome is really impacted by inflammation, but that is a topic for another day. This gut inflammation that is caused by consumption of these lectins, it can actually create leptin resistance. Okay, so I'm talking about two different L words that sound really similar. Lectins are the compounds made by plants that aggravate and cause inflammation in your gut, in your GI tract. But in addition to causing that inflammation, which we have talked about is so dangerous, it also can trigger bacterial overgrowth, no bueno, and it also creates leptin resistance, leptin with a P. Leptin is the hormone that lets you know you're full. When these lectins create leptin resistance, it means you're less likely to feel full and you're more likely to overeat, all right? The plant foods we're talking about with lectins are things like beans, that includes peanuts because the peanuts are a legume, nuts and grains. Most lectins are either reduced or destroyed when heating, right, when cooked, but some are not. And this is where we get into the gray area and the individual the individuality of sensitivity and inflammation. Nightshade vegetables, things like eggplant, tomato, peppers, they contain lectins that actually are not destroyed when you cook them. So some people are sensitive to this, some people are not. Great way to tell is just to remove them for a couple weeks and see if you feel better, notice any improvement. And then when you add them back in, do you do your headaches return? Does your acne return? Does your swelling return? Does your constipation return? Things like that. Just something to think about. Phytates are another plant compound that cause inflammation. These these guys they can also lead to this is why we call them anti-nutrients. Phytates bind to minerals. All right. Phytates are found in grains and nuts and seeds, and they bind to minerals and either slow the rate of absorption of the minerals or prevent the minerals from being absorbed. They just in and of themselves, in addition to reducing nutrient availability, they aggravate your gut. Right. They aggravate your gut and create inflammation. You can soak your nuts and seeds and reduce the phytates and soaking in acid, lemon or vinegar helps even more. But you can keep it really simple and just not have these things be staples. Look at your current consumption and figure out a way to dial back. Oxalates, plants again. These are in certain leafy greens like kale and chard and spinach. 
And when you cook the uh, these greens, it minimizes or breaks down or eliminates the oxalates here, which if you are sensitive to them, is an argument for not consuming things like kale or chard or spinach raw. What oxalates do is they bind to calcium and they form these little crystals. And depending on where the crystals deposit in your body, it depends on how you experience them. So in your muscle tissue or in your joints, they can cause muscle and joint pain, but they can also settle into your kidneys and cause kidney stones. So if this is something you are sensitive to, make sure you're cooking those greens, those um, things like kale and chard and spinach instead of eating them raw, right? When we talk about these toxins, not only do they increase inflammation, but they have other systemic effects. Toxic exposure, for example, reduces the production of bile. Bile is necessary to metabolize fat. So not only are we triggering inflammation, but we're impairing our body's ability to break down fat. No bueno. When we look at the foods we eat, we know that sugar triggers inflammation. Overeating triggers inflammation. Even overeating whole foods like protein increases inflammation. Now, when we look at sugar being a carbohydrate, protein obviously being protein, you know, animal proteins, things like that, dietary fat is the least inflammatory of the macronutrients. However, Some fat is anti-inflammatory, reduces inflammation, and other types of fat is pro-inflammatory and triggers inflammation. As a general rule of thumb, and you know the deal with rules of thumbs, there are always exceptions, the smaller the fatty acid chain, the more likely it is to be anti-inflammatory, and the longer the fatty acid chain, the more likely it is to be pro-inflammatory, okay? So we categorize fats based on the length of the fatty acid chain. There are short-chain fatty acids, medium-chain fatty acids, and long-chain fatty acids. You guys are probably most familiar with the term MCT, MCT oil, MCT stands for medium chain triglyceride. It is referring to that chain length that I'm talking about now. Short chain and medium chain fatty acids are going to be more anti-inflammatory and your long chain fatty acids are more likely to be pro-inflammatory. Granted, this is just a rule of thumb. Short chain fatty acids are going to be things like butyrate. Butyrate is found in grass-fed butter, for example, and it is anti-inflammatory. MCT is most commonly found in coconut oil, and it has not only an anti-inflammatory effect, but an antifungal effect as well. Your crop oils, right? Your peanut oil, canola oil, soybean oil, those are long-chain fatty acids, and they are absolutely more pro-inflammatory. And I would be remiss to not mention lifestyle factors because when we talk about not stoking the fire of inflammation in the body, we have to focus on things like stress and sleep. Stress creates an emergency response system in the body and your body's way of responding to trauma or problem, which can be stress, is inflammation. It's a protective response. So guys, It's not just like a cute, catchy thing to say, 
Stop stressing out. Don't sweat the small stuff. It really, really matters. You cannot continue to get so worked up about the traffic or the snarky thing that your spouse or your coworker said. It's not worth it because you're triggering a stress response or an inflammatory response every time you interact with somebody a million times throughout the day and then also every time you eat, which means this is not dramatized. You're killing yourself. You are literally killing yourself by triggering inflammation with your reactions to situations, your overreaction to situations, and when you put your fork to your mouth, okay? So the biggest takeaway I want everybody to have here is not, well, everything causes inflammation, so what's the point? It's that inflammation impacts our hunger, our cravings, our ability to burn fat, our energy, our recovery, pain, headaches, uh, mental clarity, cholesterol, you name it. And instead of focusing on taking anti-inflammatories, instead of focusing on herbs and supplements that might reduce inflammation, let's all look at the ways we are triggering inflammation with our food and our lifestyle choices and work to reduce those things. Get a water filter. Eat less sugar. Reduce your consumption of gluten. You do not have to be a purist, but every single one of us can look at ways that we are triggering inflammation with our choices and reduce it. The payoff is massive. Yes, it is about improving our ability to burn fat because we're dialing down the emergency response alert in the body so that the body feels safe and comfortable releasing that stored fat. But it's also about reducing hunger and cravings. It's also about clearing up our skin. It's also about moving better, sleeping better, thinking more clearly. The benefits are huge, and we all have opportunities for improvement. One of mine, we didn't talk about dairy today, but I'm planning on doing another episode on dairy. I've done two or three now at this point. One of the ways that I am focused on reducing inflammation is cutting out dairy. You guys know I don't eat a lot of it, but I do love Greek yogurt, but it triggers inflammation, and I don't want that, especially when I train as hard as I do, which is another way that I'm trying to reduce inflammation in my body. When I have aches and pains after training, I see my chiropractor, I ice, I rest, I do mobility work. All of that stuff is a huge part of how I'm working to reduce inflammation, but we all have so many ways at our fingertips that we can reduce inflammation. Pick one and start to work on it because it really, really matters. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Got a bunch of resources linked up as well as some kind of high-level notes for those of you that want to remember some of this information over on the show notes at primalpotential.com. And while you're there, why don't you decide to join me at Ascend? It is going to be amazing. I can't wait. You can get more information about Ascend at primalpotential.com forward slash Ascend Boston. Hope to see you there. I'll chat with you soon. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash 
join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more.